You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Either we win or we learn, and today we learn. Adacha, It's infield to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1 0. The fast shot. Oh my word. It's unbelievable. He ran around the pitch like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, and now, now. Your, host, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markson. I'm the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thank you for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. This week, Saints did not have a match, but I hope it didn't stop you from doing something that you enjoy, whether it's football related, whether you caught another round or another match of the FA Cup, whether you went out and watched some non-league, whether you actually maybe made it out uh, to catch the Southampton Women's Football Club play a match. Uh, that would be very fitting considering one of my guests for this week. And uh, I was plenty busy. We managed to get out a Patreon-only episode uh, ahead of the Crystal Palace match as a preview uh, with Prem Worldwide. And we managed also to conduct two other interviews had about three hours of podcasting done before the sun was up on Saturday morning, and it felt just a good start to the weekend. So I hope, uh, I hope it comes across okay. And this week, I actually have Izzy Foster. She is on Twitter at IzzyFoster93, and she is the goalkeeper for the Southampton Women's Football Club. And I'll be honest, I don't know why. I don't know why this was in my head, but I thought Izzy was from New Zealand, and so I I went for it, and I had some questions about moving around the world and playing football all over the world and coming to a different country and all this. And none of them fit because she's actually English. And so that's really cool. Um, shows you the great level of detail that I go into, uh, when I prepare for a show, I think you should just, uh, I thought I'd let you in on a little secret there. Um, but anyway, Izzy was great. She was a fantastic guest. Uh, and she's a fantastic keeper, uh, only allowing four goals, um, all season. So we talk about that. We talk about her coming over to the U S to play uh, at the collegiate level and uh, what it's been like just to move around England and uh, play football. Uh, we talk, also talk a little bit about the way women's football is treated in England and, and how it's progressing. And we also talk about the state of women's football in the United States a little bit too. So maybe a few uh, more, not, not difficult questions, but just, just maybe a heavier topic than, than uh, some of the previous interviews. But I think I, th- I think it goes well. So I think, I think it went well. And Izzy was a, a, a real sport about all of it. Uh, she was fantastic. So I, I encourage you to uh, go out and support her if you don't. And now is as good a time as any to let you know that you can support the Southampton Women's Football Club in their uh, progression, in their promotion campaign up the leagues by visiting the website, which is in the show notes, or following them along on social media. They're at S-O-T-O-N Women's FC. And uh, you can get in contact with them. You can uh, support a player. You can uh, just support the club. Uh, they are always looking for financial contributions because as Izzy mentions, and, and I've mentioned in the past, they rely on sponsorships um, in order to operate. They are not backed by any major men's club. And so some of the questions that came in this this week uh, regarding the men's team or 
anything like that. Like we didn't, I didn't address them with Izzy because they're not affiliated. So I hope that makes sense to, to everybody out there. Um, and as a bonus this week, we also have a, a short interview with Matt Newhausen. Matt is a Florida based saints fan who went over to England, uh, on a trip for his birthday organized by his girlfriend wound up at St. Mary's where she purchased him tickets. And they actually uh, have a pretty cool story as to what happens once they get there. So we'll talk to Matt about that. It's his first time ever being uh, at the stadium or first time over there. So we'll, We'll take a look at that and just have a chat with him about that. So I hope all of that makes sense. And, and I just want to say, but one more thing before we get into this is I have been so blessed by so many listeners from all over the world. I've gotten um, packages sent to me from England, uh, from across the United States, from Canada now, uh, and from Australia. And it's just been, it's amazing to to have the support from around the world and to, for for each of those listeners to share just a little bit of their lives with me, a little bit of their personality comes through in the packages. And it's, uh, I got a package this week that I cannot, I cannot even describe to you how it makes me feel. I just, I have goosebumps right now, just talking about it, uh, just thinking about it and just, um, to, so to the listener who sent that, just, I know that you made not only my day, um, but my, my daughter's day who helped me open the package. Um, uh, my son was blown away by what was in it. Um, and I will share all of the contents with it, but not, not this week because I, uh, I want to, I want to do it justice. And right now I have everything kind of laid out and I'm just basically staring at it as I'm doing this and, uh, fills me with a lot of uh, good feelings all the way around. So, uh, thank you to that listener who did that. I, I, I cannot thank you enough. And I promise, um, as you instructed me to make sure that, um, when my time is done with it, that it goes on to somebody who will bring them a lot of joy. And I, I promise to do that. So, um, anyway, I hope that you enjoy the show as much as I enjoy making it. I hope that you enjoy the interviews as much as I enjoy talking to the people. And I hope that you enjoy every, whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this. Um, cause I don't, I mean, I enjoy making it and I'm sitting here. So I, I guess the, you know, if you enjoy it as much as the, it doesn't, it runs out is what I'm trying to say. I think I should, we're just going to go to the interviews now. So uh, thanks for listening to the show. I'll talk to you afterwards. If I'm not too embarrassed to get back on here. We'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Izzy Foster. You can find her on Twitter at IzzyFoster93. And she plays for the Southampton Women's Football Club. And it's my pleasure to have you on the show, Izzy. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, we, we've gotten the big question out of the way, which is for some reason I thought you were uh, from New Zealand and I have no idea why, uh, but <laughs> we've established that you are indeed from England and are yep. now living in the Southampton area. But um, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm eager to talk to you about the season that the team is having in your career. And I know that you've uh, you moved abroad and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to, to chatting about all that. Yeah, sounds good. I guess just to get started. Um, when did football become kind of a, I guess, a, a focal point in, in your life specifically? Like, were you playing from a very young age or did you have brothers and sisters you played or how did that kind of work? Well, I'm, I'm one of three. I'm the oldest, got a younger sister and younger brother. But my dad, like, well, he, he used to play football himself. So uh, he used to just like play around with me in the garden. And I guess like, Obviously, Max, my brother, maybe he thought he'd be the football enthusiast, but it was always me that wanted to play with him. We'd go over the park and literally we'd spend hours over there. And he was a goalkeeper as well. So um, 
just whenever he could, we'd be playing in the garden. But I, yeah, I didn't join a team for a while because I was just, I just thought it was just a bit of fun. And then I think it was, yeah, a, few, a couple of years of doing it and Dad's like, you're actually really good, you know, <laughs> you should try for a team. But yeah, and then it went from there, really. <laughs> the fact that he was a goalkeeper, did that make you want to be, a, did you want to be like your dad and be a goalkeeper or did it, did it just happen in a, in a different way? Well, yeah, I think, it wasn't even so much that I wanted to be a goalkeeper, but um, he's obviously passed on his quick reactions and stuff. And I, I just found that I was just a lot better in goal. Like even if I found it outfield a bit more enjoyable initially, but then I think when you really excel in a position, then you get a different buzz through that way. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, brother and sister did they also kind of follow along and, and, and play along or did they play out in the field or did they not wind up kind of playing as much as you did? Well, I think they both did initially. Like I remember when I was playing just for a local team, um, <laughs> they, my sister's, I think she, I can't remember how she played for a little bit and I'd always like pass her the ball and stuff. But um, yeah, she wasn't really as into football. My brother, he played in goal for a bit, but um, yeah, it was more more myself that had the passion for it and um yeah my brother played for a while but um it was just a bit of fun for him and but I just took mine so seriously and it was a massive part of my life so yeah I just took it further I take I take sports pretty seriously um and that's directly passed on from my dad who was like looking back on it uh, a lot of like people who watch me play sports growing up have said like he was super hard on you and I I just thought that was normal and I'm yeah. like, I look at my kids and my son is good at stuff. He doesn't try. Um, he's finally found a sport that he's not good at, which is basketball. And he's, he's playing now with kids who've been playing forever. And he's about, he's, he's very, he's not tall. And so it's not, it's not, yeah. it's not been a great uh, sport for him to, to enjoy. He's not enjoying it very much right now, but he's going to stick out the season. But my daughter loves everything, loves sports, not, not super coordinated, not super talented, kind of prances around and, um, pats people <laughs> on the back when they start crying or when they get hit in the face or like that, that's when she runs the hardest is to go console people. And so it's like, oh, bless her. it's, it's, it's hard to be mad at her, but sometimes I'm just like, can you just, can you just play like hard maybe, but yeah. it's okay. Um, you can't teach that. <laughs> no, no, you just, and I've just learned just to just have, just let her have fun. It's, it'll be, it'll yeah. be okay. Um, that's the most important thing anyway, really having fun. It is. It is. I have to be, it's easy for me to tell people that, uh, it's harder for me when it's my own kid. Like I will tell other parents all day long, but it's like, I want in, uh, I have an aunt who never says anything. She never, she hardly ever talks. And she told me one day at one of the games, like, you just need to shut up. Like she's, she's fine. And not everybody is you. And I just went, Oh, <laughs> that hurts because you don't ever say anything. Uh, but, um, I mean, where, where, I mean, we, we've established that I thought you were not from England initially, but where, where did you wind up growing up in, in England? Are you, are you from the South coast originally? Cause I know you're down there now, but where, where were you from originally? No, I was, um, I was from the West Midlands. So I was born in Shrewsbury and, um, I grew up in, um, a little village in Telford. So, uh, and then I lived there pretty much all my life apart from we did a year in Devon, but quickly moved back to Telford. So yeah, this is a, um, I moved down to Southampton in July. Um, yeah, and I, I really like it down here. It's lovely. Yeah, we were talking about the weather before, which I think is pretty standard English uh, dialogue. But um, growing up, what 
team did you did you grow up supporting? Did you grow up supporting a local a local team, or did or did your dad a uh, you know, supporter of maybe one of the other teams, and did he pass that on to you at all? Well, um, well, my dad's an Exeter City fan, so I didn't really feel much affiliation to them. So I didn't really support a team. I I, I really wanted to support a team, and I kept like asking like, who should I support? And it, nothing just no one really stood out to me to support, but. My boyfriend now, he's a massive Villa fan, so he's uh, slowly trying to convert me. So, And, you know, Philip was like the nearest, um, pretty much well, one of the nearest uh, teams to me. So it, it does make a bit of sense, but yeah, it's going to take some converting. Yeah, well, I'm looking at where Exeter is. That's nowhere near where you grew up, right? That's that's com- No, that's where my parents are from. So. <laughs> So, so not a huge maybe fan of any one club, but when you were growing up and, and watching the sport, was there any any person or any team that you kind of were attracted to watching more often than not? I think it would just be whichever team I was playing for. Like I went through Shrewsbury Town uh, Centre of Excellence, so like basically all my youth football was there. So obviously I had a soft spot for Shrewsbury Town, and uh, Joe Hart was the keeper there at that point, but. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say he's a role model to me, <laughs> but um, I think I think back then it was probably like I used to enjoy watching Edwin Bandersar and <laughs> um, just watching Matt Day and just loving the goalkeeping on there. Really talking about how you went through the the academy there, um, what was that that like in terms of? I mean, honestly, as a as a as an American fan, I don't hear a lot about about girls especially going through academies and and oftentimes i think the at least my understanding is that the that boys are given maybe a little bit more preference and there's a little bit more opportunity for them but what what was it like i mean did you have kind of the same coaching opportunities as, as, as some of the boys that were going through the academy or, or or how did that work out yeah well yeah obviously we didn't you know we weren't able to train as much as the boys and everything but i thought the setup was amazing because I, I really quickly went from i think i was just at a local team, Shawbury United, and like within, and that's the first team I ever played football with. And within six months, Shrewsbury has took out with me, and I was um, in the academy. And yeah, we just like we get to use all the same facilities as the boys, and uh, we get access to all the kit, and um, yeah, games every weekend. I thought it like it was a massive difference to what I was used to, and yeah, football was just like I hadn't really. I was a swimmer growing up so I'd never really experienced the football world and I thought it was amazing because obviously uh, swimming was you know you have to pay to be part of a club you'd have to pay for your swimming costumes and stuff and then football was kind of all just like given to you and I was like wow this is <laughs> this is different so I thought yeah I thought the academy was really good and um, I was you get scouts coming and watching your games so you get lots of opportunities I, I got called up to a few England camps because of um, scouts watching me whilst I was there so no I thought it was really good and would you say like even since then as as kind of time has gone on that it's it's the that the opportunities have gotten more and better for for young women that are coming through or do you think it's kind of uh, said about the same and, and was maybe was was Shrewsbury Town was that kind of a normal thing or was that uh I, I guess was were they kind of an outlier in terms of, of the academy system and how that worked. Um, so in terms of, uh, I'm not entirely familiar with what the kind of academy setups are now, but um, in terms of having inspirations to look look um, up to, that like we didn't have 
like the Super League now is just like this professional, you can be a professional women's footballer. Like if that's not motivation, I don't know what is, but obviously just seeing how the uh, women's game is growing, I can only imagine that's going to be improving the academies and um, so many more girls wanting to play. Like when I was younger, it, um, I was the only girl in my school that played football and I was trying so hard to set up a team and I'd literally have to beg people, like, please, like, we I, we need players, we need a team. And um, they just didn't know football at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, like, yeah, hearing, like, the younger girls at, um, at Southampton, like, they were in the development from the under-16s, like, they have school games all the time. And so they're obviously getting, you know, a lot of interest, enough to make a team at least. So... <laughs> Yeah, I think it's definitely improving. Good. That's that's what I I mean, that makes me as a as a father of a young woman, that makes me happy to hear. And and it's nice also yeah. when I when I see and part of the reason I ask is we have a high school, um I teach at a high school and so we have a, a both a men's and women's team or boys and girls team. And the boys always come in with a lot more experience, a lot more understanding, um, and they've played their entire lives. Whereas a lot of the girls, they've grown up watching, watching the game because they've gone to watch their brothers play. Um, but they were never really, for the most part, a lot of them weren't allowed to play. And it's kind of changing yeah. now where a lot of them are, are able to play club teams and, and things like that. But there's always, you know, there's, there's financial issues with that because it's a, it's a pay to play system here in the, in the U S and so right. it's, a, it's a little bit different. And we, of the high schools in the area, we I teach at the probably the the lowest socioeconomic, uh, you know, if you if you had to categorize in that way, the, the in terms of how we how we operate, and so a lot of our girls don't get to play. We have the a lot of ones that, that don't have a club team, and so it's uh I don't know, it's it's just a little bit different. So that's that's part of the reason I ask. Yeah. And and I and I do think it is changing in terms of I think you do like you do have more and more uh, opportunities for for. Uh, females, ladies, I don't know what the proper way to say it is, um, yeah, to play. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, but yeah. Um, I feel like in America, you've got so much more competition though. So, like for girls, you've got, obviously got volleyball and softball and um, basketball. So yeah, maybe getting girls involved in well, soccer in America is a bit harder of a challenge than it is over here in the UK. Yeah. And you mentioned getting uh, a few England, um, you know, being called into England camps and stuff like that. And like, I just want to know, what was that? Was that like, I mean, how early on was that on your radar? Was that a goal or what, you know, what, how did that kind of happen? I guess. Oh, I didn't expect it at all. Like, um, I think my first call up, I was maybe 14, um, 13, 14. It was for the under 15s. And, uh, it, it literally just came out of nowhere. Just the, um, the manager of like the center of excellence just called me and was like, yeah, you um, and called up for an England camp, and I was like, "Wait, what? Like, what? What kind of England? And like England, England?" And I was just like, <laughs> I, I, "I was, I was in so much shock." Like, it, it did kind of just come out of nowhere. Like, I think literally just a scout came to watch our game. I think it was saying Aston Villa, and then um, yeah, literally a few days later, I got a call up, and uh, yeah, I got to. I did a few England camps at under fifteen level. And then uh, later on in my career, I did um, under 19s as well. So, um, yeah, they're really good experiences. And, um, yeah, it's great to be part of that setup. And I guess when you're called into something like that and 
I, I would think as a goalkeeper, it's, it, I have a question to ask you later, kind of about, a, about relationships on the field and stuff like that. But I would imagine that being called on something like that, all of a sudden you're faced with an entirely new defense, probably in front of you, different styles of play. I imagine that England, yeah. they're, they're trying to do that. How does that affect you as a, as a goalkeeper when you're on the field? As a goalie, you've got to have like a really good relationship with your uh, defence. Uh, I'm not exactly the most vocal keeper. Like, I'm not one to go yelling at my defence. So I like playing with girls that um, have the respect for me and I respect them because, you know, you've got to, I want to be, them to trust me. Like, if I shout keepers, like, I want them to leave it for me at all costs. But, you know, sometimes you go places and they don't know you, they might not trust you. You shout keepers and they clear it anyway. And, it, you know, it can lead to a goal line scramble or something just because they didn't listen to you. That trust wasn't there. So it is a massive thing to have your defenders trust and for them to have my trust as well. I, I can imagine that even when we watch things on TV, you know, sometimes we see one of those things where the keeper comes and the defender gets a, just a touch to it and then it's a mess. And, and I think we... Yeah. The the normal thing is to blame it on the keeper because obviously they do, they they're not commanding the area or whatever it is you know and and uh, I just wonder kind of how I think about sometimes if even if they are calling it and the defender just chooses not to do it I wonder how that works but um, how how long into a kind of into a match or into a, a, a training session or you know a couple of training sessions does it take usually for you to to develop that understanding? Um, like basically until you yourself really like it's so different in training to a game like in training you can pull off you know all these amazing saves and yeah okay you've proved yourself as a good shot stopper but until you get in a game in like real you know real situation that yeah like you said they don't know how you command your area yet they don't know how you like to take crosses um they might not know how good you are with your feet so if you're like asking for them to Play it back to you. They might be hesitant because they don't trust you. Like maybe that might have been something you didn't have a chance to prove in training. But this is what I love about Southampton. Like I felt like I instantly formed a connection with my defence, and like I can tell they 100% trust me, and I trust them 100%. And it just makes it so much easier because I don't know if you know much about like the Southampton philosophy that we had that Simon kind of brought about. But like it's all like playing it out the back and. Uh-huh. Um, keeping hold of the ball and stuff so it is like this is probably the team I find it most important to have that connection with your defenders and luckily we do. <laughs> I remember talking to Simon about about some of that philosophy and, and some of the the major changes that, that was from from how things operated um, just in, in the past but I mean was has that been a big change in terms of your style of play in terms of playing with your feet a lot or was that was that something that you were always pretty comfortable with? Yeah well like because i could play like when I was younger I used to play outfield I, I'm not bad with my feet but it's like I feel completely comfortable with the ball on my feet but it's just not something that I'd really practiced in much before because I find in America like the, the college game I feel like it's a lot like we're all peak fitness so it's a lot of just like long balls over the top for like you know our rapid players to run onto and we never really try to play it out so I'm doing four years of kicking the ball long to now, um, like barely ever. Like I Simon, like I was at the club and Simon was just like, oh, "How far can you actually kick the ball?" Because he's never really seen me kick the ball because I just always play it short. That's that's how we play and it's really effective. So 
I actually really enjoy this style of play and quite a lot of games at the moment we're dominating the league really there's only us and one of the teams that are really pushing but I'll go games without even touching the ball with my hands or having to make a save but because the girls involve me like I get to play out from the back and I get back passes it keeps me involved at least yeah it is I mean it keeps you uh I guess in the game a little bit because otherwise it could be yeah exactly I'd be falling asleep. <laughs> Keeps you warm, I guess. Uh, some some of these mornings, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, or day the afternoons when you guys are playing. Um, you, you mentioned playing in the U.S., and I definitely want to want to talk to you about that. I mean, it's, I guess, as a, I know how hard it is to make a collegiate team in any sport. Here, I I didn't make it. I in in, in baseball, and so I I understand just the level of competition that it is to get into any any team here let alone be somebody that comes from, you know, outside of the country because it's, it's more expensive for the school. There's, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's special yeah. paperwork, but how, I mean, you wound up in, in, at the university of West Alabama, but how did that happen? How, when did that start? And in terms of when they started uh, talking to you or how were there other prospects maybe that, that you were looking at in the U S or were, was this just, you know, I got, how did this start? Um, well, I was playing for England colleges at the time. And uh, we had quite a, we had this um, company called Pasta Soccer that would uh, whilst we were doing the training camps or um, away with matches they come and do talks about uh, Pasta Soccer and um, just the possibility of playing um, football out in America and I hadn't even thought about it I just assumed I was like going to university in the UK and I was happy with that and everything and then every time they came and did a talk. Um, it does that sounds amazing I just I just yeah I just didn't know if it was possible and then I thought oh, I'll give it a go like sign up with them and just see if I get any interest and I was yeah I was getting so many emails through like nearly every day and I was like this is amazing <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and then it's just like, like obviously some of the offers are wasting your time but then you just got to find the right ones and um yeah, it was a tough decision in the end, but I definitely made the right one. I mean, did you make any kind of trips out here or uh, or out to the United States? No. Or no, you just showed up? No. Yeah, I just did a lot of FaceTime um, to kind of get a feel for the school, talk to some of the girls, uh, some of the players that were already out there. I, yeah, I just kind of had to take a gamble with it, really. I mean... I don't know. I mean, I definitely have perceptions of, of other places, you know, when you think about, I mean, it's all shaped through TV and, and movies and, and, you know, all these other things. So when I think of England and when I think of, uh, or <laughs> New Zealand for no, for no apparent reason, um, <laughs> yeah. but like, I don't know why that. <laughs> I, no, I'm just seriously. Um, but when you, when you thought <laughs> of, <even> been. <laughs> <laughs> when you think about America and when you thought about America, when you showed up, at the University of West Alabama, like, was it, was it different? Was that, I mean, that, was that the America you were, you were anticipating walking into or was it, was it a complete culture shock for you? Um, well, yeah, I didn't really, Alabama was quite different to what I'd kind of expected, but obviously you see like New York on the TV and stuff. But I went to Florida when I was four, but literally just like Disneyland. So <laughs> that was all I had to compare it to. So when I went to Alabama, I was like, Wow, and then obviously West Alabama is quite um, a, well. It's in a little town called Livingston, so uh-huh. um, yeah, it was it was very different, but it, it was it was still amazing. Like Mobile down south, 
coast, like on the Gulf Coast, was just beautiful. And then we went far from Tuscaloosa, where Alabama is, and that was just like something I've never seen before. Like the fraternity houses, like I didn't even know they existed, but they were ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you did you wind up at any American football college games or no? Uh, I only really went to uh, the West Alabama ones, but I went to like a lot of um. I saw a few baseball games and um, ice hockey. And so I did like try to emerge myself in all the different sport. But yeah, there's some good experiences. I mean, you mentioned a little bit about the, uh, the tactics and stuff with, with collegiate soccer. And I know that's a, it's a sticking point for a lot of, uh, I don't know if they're purists or whatever, but uh, you know, people here even uh, complain about the, Maybe the lack of development that we have in, in collegiate soccer in terms of how that translates over when, when these, these guys tend to go to the next level. And, and one of the things is the rolling substitutions. And the other thing is just the constant kind yeah. of the focus on, on being strong and quick and powerful and, and just kicking the ball along. And, and I mean, was it, a, was it a big shock for you, a big change in, in tactics and when you came over? Uh, well, yeah, I was playing a, uh, West Brom before I went out to America. So, um, so playing in the Northern Prem, which is a very like physical league and, mm. um, you know, some big girls and everything. And then I think I enjoyed when I got to America that it was more about your athleticism and speed. And the, the game is a lot more direct. Like I found there's so many more goals and shots on goal. Um, so I actually really enjoyed it. It suited me as I'm, I'm not like the biggest goalkeeper, but I like to think I'm agile and quick. So that style of, football really suited me and i mean going through the the collegiate experience were you a starter all four years did you did you come in with with the idea that you were going to challenge for a place or did they kind of make you uh uh was, was there an understanding that maybe there was a senior there when you were a freshman and you were gonna you're gonna wait your time for a year and then and then have a, an opportunity to do it for three years or how did that work out well i think that that was like one of the reasons why i chose this college as well because I, I did have a lot of c1 offers but it Quite a lot of them were the situation where look, we've got a senior year. If you played the whole three years going into a fourth year, like you can challenge, but you know you probably won't see the field until your sophomore year. And I'm thinking, I just want to get out there and get on the pitch. And um, with my coach at West Alabama, he was from Scotland, so and he had a lot of international um, players. So obviously, I felt like he was able to connect with me a lot. Um, I felt like a better connection with him, I guess. Um, and the fact that there were so many international internationals out there already, I knew like they were going to take good care of us. Um, he didn't guarantee me the spot, but he basically said like, you know, it'd be you and um, I think it was two other keepers coming in, um, and you know you're going to fight for that spot. But you know, looking at what I've seen, you know, you've got a pretty good chance. And I basically went out there and I earned my my number one spot and yeah I didn't lose it the whole four years like keepers would come and go but um yeah luckily I managed to keep it I mean and we always talk about the you know you always hear about I guess the the goalkeeper union and, and there's some sort of relationship that that you're supposed to have with every other goalkeeper everywhere ever and I don't know if that's real or not but what is it I mean there is a weird kind of thing on a team where you are competing against the people on your team for a spot but then you're all there to support each yeah. other how does that, I mean, did that make for some weird and awkward times in terms of when new people came in and and, and, and stuff? <laughs> yeah, well, 
you know, we all joke about the UK union and everything, but there is literally one position and you both want that position. And it's not like an outfield player when you can even come on and just start. Like, if I don't start a game, I'll like the worst thing, in my opinion, for a goalkeeper is to come on halfway through the game. If it's a tight score or even like you don't feel ready and like, you know, you tailor the warm up around usually the starting keeper. So if you are the substitute keeper, you don't, re- you know, you don't even feel like you've had that good of a warm up. So it, yeah, it can lead to awkward ones. Um, luckily, the girl I started with when um, in America, like, you know, we, we got on really well and she was frustrated, but she never took it out on me. She kind of knew the situation and yeah, she was good about it. I've had some awkward ones in the past that <laughs> turn a bit nasty, but I try not to get involved in all that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's where your, uh, I mean, we won't talk about your lack of social media use necessarily, but like that's where that maybe comes in handy is that you're just not involved in a lot of that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I guess you would look back on, on your career at, at in Alabama and say that's definitely a, a, a success. I mean, right? I mean, you, you 100% enjoyed that time? Yeah, it was great. And we, we did well as well. We got to the conference every year. And um, yeah, we just gelled well as a group of players. And yeah, it was a great experience. And then getting a degree at the same time, it's a bonus, really. It, what, did you, what did you study while you were there? Uh, yeah, I did math. Ugh. <laughs> sorry yeah i'm a bit of a nerd well no that's that's i mean i, I did a i have a history degree and i i enjoy that but i just i i wanted to be an engineer at some point and then uh it just yeah i i remember asking my math teacher like how much more is there and he just said so much more matt there's so much more and i said i'm gonna do something else <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a lot but um yeah i just um, yeah, I'm a nerd. I love numbers. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. And uh, what do you? I mean, what do you do now uh, off the pitch? What do you do when you're not when you're not training, or what do you do for for work? Um, I'm training to be an air traffic controller, so I've just been posted uh, London approach. So I'm just waiting for um, to find which uh, unit I'm going to be posted at, and then I can start my uh, unit course. Okay. Is that? So yeah. I mean, is that something you always wanted to do? You like you like that stuff, or is it something you kind of have gravitated towards more recently? Yeah, well, I mean, it's something that crossed my mind when I was younger, but I just I never thought it was. I thought you'd have to have qualifications in it and everything, so I just never really pursued it. But when I got back from university and was just looking for jobs, I was like looking to go into finance and all that stuff. And then when I saw this and that you didn't need any qualifications it was just a lot of like um aptitude tests so I was like well I might as well go for it and yeah like luckily I got it so after a lot of tests and stuff so but yeah now it's like now I know all about it it's definitely what I want to do all right all right uh, you're okay with drones then I guess you know with the recent uh... <laughs> no I don't like drones <laughs> they cause mayhem <laughs> absolutely um well, after your career with, with, uh, after your time at, at university, um, were you hoping to stick around in, in the States or were you, were you definitely always going back to, to the UK after that? No, I was always considering it. Like my professors always talked to me about doing like even my master's or like a doctorate in maths. And, um, there was always that possibility of staying on as a GA, like, um, 
Lee University were interested in getting me in as a goalkeeping coach. Um, and so, like, whilst, you know, it was just like that graduate assistant position. So, yeah, that did always cross my mind. And then I think when I came back home and uh, applied, like saw some of the jobs that were available here and then I signed for Wolves, um, I thought it was best that I'd just stay here and see if I can, you know, make a career here first. And also I wanted to carry on playing football. I felt like if I went back out to America, it would have been harder to play football. It's kind of a weird thing. Our, our U.S. women's national team has been very successful, but we've also, there's also been a lot of, uh, you know, I don't want to say controversy, but there's been some, some serious discussions around some of the conditions they've played in, how they're treated compared to the men's team. Um, yeah. And stuff like that. And it's always, it's always interesting. And one of the most outspoken, uh, you know, figures is hope solo and she's had other issues and stuff like that. So it, it's just, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, were you were you exposed to that while you were over here, or, and are you exposed to it over there? Or is is that something that's on your mind, or do you kind of just go out and play? Um, well, in America, I've I played. Um, I stayed out one summer to play in the summer league, and um, so I went up to Maine to play for Seacoast United. Um, um, the league was really good, but yeah, I was surprised at like, I guess the little funding that they were given and stuff. Like, we didn't really get any care and like training facilities we trained at were just kind of about like pitches in the middle of nowhere I thought like the league would be a lot better funded than that um so so yeah in terms of like the league in America probably over here um with Southampton we have to pay to play and this is like the first time I've ever been in that situation so it was a bit of like a shock to me that like girls at this level are having to pay to play. Um, you know, obviously we're knocking on the door for the Southern Prem, which hopefully will be in next season. Uh-huh. Um, and if we go up to that league, there's still no guarantee that we'll get any funding there neither. So there's possibility we'll still have to pay um, in that league. So, um, yeah, obviously I know we get, a, you know, a men's team in, uh, equivalent division I know for a fact they wouldn't be paying a penny they would be receiving money so right yeah it's a bit frustrating do you, I mean do you think that's getting better um well obviously because of the super league like girls are able to play football full-time do what they love and uh, I know a lot of teams help with accommodation and uh-huh. so it definitely is getting better at the higher level I guess it just hasn't filtered its way down to um this level yet but um Obviously, it's easier when you're affiliated to a men's side. Like when we, when I was playing at Wolves, um, the men's team like bought us all our kit and allowed us to do. They let us do like our photos at the Molyneux, and we had a our signing event was at the Molyneux. So we did get like a lot of support from the men's team when we were at Wolves. But at Southampton Women's, because we're not affiliated to a men's side, we basically just out there on our own, and I think it is tough. Yeah. In playing at this level, do you think it's it's harder to to balance everything because you have to, you know, you have to work. You maybe have to work extra to be able to pay for everything. Uh, you got to find time to train and then train yourself and and go to the gym and all that stuff. Do you do you think it's it's it actually requires a little bit more discipline on your part to to stay fit and to stay sharp, uh, given the way that everything is set up now? Yeah, it it definitely does because obviously, like you know, some of the girls are traveling from 
like quite far to come to training twice a week and for the games and um you know like training starts at six on a Tuesday for goalie training um so yeah if you had were asked to stay longer at work can't really turn it down because of the money uh-huh. but at the same time yeah so it, def- it definitely does um have an impact and yeah I'm a, I have to sign up for a member of a gym as well because I don't feel like training twice a week is enough to get me as fit as I want to be so I've got to pay for that on top and yeah and obviously working full-time as well it does make life very busy but yeah so I guess let's let's talk a little bit about about coming to, to Southampton what I mean what drew you down to the south coast uh this season and what I mean what's that move been like for you coming from I guess the the Midlands down to to, to the south coast yeah so um I literally did just have to move down here for my job so oh. um that's yeah, Nats is based in uh, Whiteley and Swanwick. So, um, yeah, I completed the first part of my training over in Jerez in Spain. And then they said that we'd need to move down to the Southampton area. So as soon as I knew that, I just started um, contacting clubs around this area. And that's how it led to signing with Southampton. So, um, yeah, we moved down in here, down here in July. And you've enjoyed it. You, you mentioned that it's been nice and you like the area yeah we love it down here so um, yeah my boyfriend moved down with me as well he was living in Worcester so but we both love it down here like um yeah it's a lot different to the West Midlands but just I've never been so close to the coast before like the, the beach is literally walking distance and the weather seems a lot nicer and the only thing we don't like is the, the traffic but <laughs> yeah um but I mean it, coming on and playing for the team now I mean you you weren't around last year for the club when they you know the, the one of the difficult things that people don't remember about the the league that you're in is only one team gets promoted right and so yeah exactly they basically wound up where there was you know there was one match where the team dropped points and it was kind of like well that's it you know they had gone undefeated all the way up until i want to say through christmas even and and then all of a sudden they dropped points and that was going to be that was you know season kind of over to an extent. And there were some other things that happened as well. Yep. But we'll just leave it alone. Um, <laughs> I mean, what's, what's the coming in as a, as maybe a, a fresh perspective on this season. Do you, cause I've heard from, from players in terms of what they, how they approached it. But for you, when you came in, what did you see in the rest of the team kind of coming off the back of last year in terms of what they wanted to accomplish this year? Initially, I don't think I'd realised how close they were last season. I didn't realise like they literally lost one game the whole season, and that meant they couldn't get promoted. Like that just seems insane. And so when I came here, the, uh, the girls were all like really positive and all very driven. They knew exactly what they wanted, and I think they managed to um, attract a few like good players from um, within that league. I think they knew like what Southampton were pushing towards. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to be part of that, or wanted to, um, yeah, push for that promotion. Obviously, playing in the Northern Prem last season, ideally I was looking to play in the Southern Prem. But when I saw a team like Southampton pushing for promotion, I was like, well, you know, maybe it would be like a great feeling to get there with with a team rather than just you know joining the team in the Southern Prem. Maybe like help get a team to that, and then enjoy it from oh well, i'm still enjoying it obviously but right you know and then 
enjoy hopefully next season in the seven prem. And then is that this, the lead directly above where you guys are at now? Yes. Yes. All right. All right. Um, I mean, what's been the reception from, from a lot of the, the other players at the team this year towards you coming in? And we talked about kind of the awkwardness that it, it can be, but you, you mentioned you got along pretty well with them, but everybody been pretty understanding, everybody been pretty welcoming and, and the relationships with your defenders and, and things like that have been good. Yeah, definitely. Like this is the main reason why I chose this team. Like from the first session I went, the girls were all like absolutely lovely and they're definitely like by far like the nicest, like friendliest team I've ever played for. Like they just made me feel so welcomed and um, yeah, I really liked them. Simon's like um, the way he played and you know he did I could tell how like committed he was and how serious he took it which was like one of the reservations I had about this league like oh what's the commitment going to be like but all the girls are really committed and they're also yeah all really welcoming to me and um yeah just like you know obviously I get got nervous before my first game but they're all really like um yeah backing me and stuff so yeah it's really good do you, do you still get nervous before matches um, I, before big games, like I said, in this league, I don't really have a whole lot to do. But when we played um, Tension, which was they're the other team that are looking for um, promotion, that was like the biggest game of our season. Like we had to win that. Uh-huh. So yeah, I was very nervous before that game. But um, yeah, we won three 0 so it was a really good result. Yeah. And I actually had something to do, which was fun. <laughs> so I felt like <laughs> actually I like helped the team for once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure you help the team every every, every match, but um, you know when when you got there with the butterflies or whatever, which I think is kind of normal and good. If you don't get that, if you don't get excited for the game, then you know maybe it's that's not good. So, but I mean, do you do you does it just take a touch for you to to calm down, or you make that first kind of pass, or uh, what 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 for you kind of calms you down and brings you into the game? Yeah, that that's literally it for me. I, just, I need a touch on the ball, so. Um, yeah, but I think my defenders even know that. Like sometimes they turn around to me and say, "Like, do you want the ball?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, please." <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so I think yeah, it's just getting that first touch, getting a feel for the ball. Um, yeah, definitely just calms me down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and what's your match day routine like? I, I like to ask this to, to all the players. Like, do you, are you a big routine person, or are you kind of just more? A little bit more free spirited, or how does how does a how does a normal game day look for you? Um, I wouldn't say I have a specific routine. Like I like my warm up. I don't. I would never want it to be rushed. I want to feel like I've covered everything. Um, I guess the only weird thing I do is like um, before each half, I've got to like run and touch the crossbar. Um, like before the ref blows the whistle. So <laughs> that's kind of my thing. That I'm like, right, I'm in the game now. <laughs> That's about it, really. I don't really do anything else that weird. <laughs> no, that's you're destroying all of my my stereotypes about goalkeepers and and everything else. And oh no, I'm sorry. That's okay. That's no, it's good. It's nice to you know. And I won't let anyone like touch my gloves and stuff if that counts. But I, I think don't. like counts. people try to put their hands in my gloves, and I'm just like, what are you doing? But <laughs> so a couple more questions because I know you uh, you have some plans. So um, and I'm taking up a lot of your time, but what? What are your goals for the season as an individual now, uh, between now and the end of the, and the end of this year? Um, so obviously, yeah, definitely get promoted. Right, that's number one. Um, also, only conceded three goals all season, so I want that to stay at three. <laughs> Don't want to concede anymore. Um, just to carry on 
uh, building really like this January started going to the gym a lot more I just want to get more athletic and uh, like see my game improve really so yeah I'm just yeah promotion is number one <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and then what and about then goals that's just a prize thing <laughs> right right what's uh what about next year what's what are the plans for the future are you is your job going to keep you in the area potentially, or is there the chance you'll have to, to move on or what do you look that far in the future, given where you're at right now or, or how are you thinking about that? Um, well, with my job, I'm definitely, I'm posted, like they do all of London approach from Swanwick, which is literally just down the road from me. So I know I'm definitely here for like the foreseeable future. Um, but in terms of, well, I know at some point I will have to go on to shift and, kind of scares me how that's going to impact my football like in an ideal world I'll just be like well I can never do Sundays but realistically I know that won't happen but I'm just trying to enjoy it as much as I can for as long as I can and help the team get to promotion and I'd love to be able to still play next season for as long as I can all right all right um well, I put out a call for some questions and we got things like with Hughes gone, do you believe Ralph will come in and clear the salary and out of favor players to save money? Hence major push for Academy players. Um, but you're not a Southampton fan. My boyfriend's like a massive football fan. He'll know the answers that if you want. Uh, he, I mean, <laughs> get him on the show. Um, but, uh, well, you can't, he, he's the new coach, so you can uh, interview him one week. <laughs> he's the coach for the, for the Southampton women's team. Wait, like um, him and Elliot, the goalie coach, have um, kind of like taken over for the rest of the, well until because obviously Simon kind of left suddenly, so they've just taken over for the time being. So um, yeah, they were there for the Kingston game and the pool game. So two wins, they're happy. What's the transition been like this season with with Simon kind of suddenly leaving? And and I, I don't know if I said off record before earlier or not, but like you know with with. Uh, with Lee, that was really my first connection with the club, my first time yeah. ever kind of getting it. And so now I always felt like I had a very clear line of communication. I could, and, and not that I got inside behind the scenes details or anything like that, but I always had somebody I could ask questions to and who could yeah. sort me out one way or another. But like now I'm always kind of, I'm, I'm a little, uh, I feel a little lost. So, so from your perspective, yeah. kind of, it, has it been kind of a jarring kind of situation or has everybody kind of reacted how you would have expected or in, in calm and just kind of business as usual? Yeah. Everyone's been really positive about it. Cause like obviously Elliot was the goalie coach. So he's been working under Simon for, um, a while now. And uh, my boyfriend Gowan, he, um, he like came to all, like every single one of my training sessions and games, and he'd always like Simon would get him joining in as like one of the players because he he plays semi professionally, so he'd obviously like bring up the intensity of the session and stuff. So he'd get involved, and then you know I think some of the girls like he talked to some of the girls um, like individually. So like they like it hasn't been a big change because you know they're completely back everything that like Simon's philosophies and stuff. So they've just continued the work, but, you know, just tried to work on like some additional things. Like we kind of like, we go a bit more attacking in the sessions now, just like because of the league, we just need want as many goals as possible. And, um, but yes, it hasn't been, well, not, I'm a goalkeeper, I guess it's a lot easier for me, but it's all been very smooth from my end. And the girls all seem uh, pretty happy with it at the moment. And we all understood like, Simon, like we, we, you know, back Simon, he couldn't turn down that opportunity. So 
yeah, it's all, it's all kind of gone smoothly so far. Good, good. And I'm glad that there's no, you know, circumstances change for, for people and, yeah. and, and it's, it's nice to know that that's not, uh, I don't know. I would have been really ups- I, I would have been upset even not ever having talked to him other than the two hours you spent on the phone, but, um, I would have been a little bit upset had it, had it not gone well. So, um, I'm glad that, that- yeah, no, it was definitely like no hard feelings. And, like, obviously we were upset to lose him, but, um, everyone completely understood. So. Sure. Um, okay. Well, I, I have one more kind of question for you and it, it comes from like, as as a father, like I said, of a of a young girl and somebody who I see my my students and my female students, we mentioned that they don't maybe get as many opportunities, but like as I don't know, uh, uh, coming from your perspective as someone who has been able to play at an extremely high level and to play at a collegiate level here in the states and travel and kind of see you know different parts of uh, at least a couple of different parts of the world and different parts of the UK and and play like what what piece of advice would you offer to, to somebody out there that is that is looking to play and in, in, in at, at any level what 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 would you what what advice would you give them um i'd basically just I'd tell them to be they've got to be like 100 percent committed they've got to know like this is what they want to do because unless it's what you want to do you you're like i've seen so many players just like that went out to america they just like fall out of love with the game um, so you've got to know if 100% you want to do, what you want to do is a massive decision but if you're committed and you're prepared to work hard then it, yeah, it will be like the best experience of your life you're doing what you want to do twice a day um, and you know that you really get recognised for all your achievements like you're doing well it does not go unnoticed so I'd say just work hard be committed um, stay positive because everyone has lows in their career but you just got to pick yourself up and go again really yeah and and i guess one more question that would be on the back of that like how do you how do you deal with the disappointment or how do you deal with with maybe a a match or a game that you how how would you advise people deal with that stuff if, if things don't go your way initially um yeah i get pretty like emotional about it like i take it very personally if i make a mistake when i was younger that used to be my dad would give me like you know, he was like, he was my number one fan, but also my biggest critic. So he would, you know, tell me what I did wrong, what to do better. But he picked me up and I think um, my boyfriend's now kind of adopted that role. And <laughs> he's seen me get upset a few times, but he, he literally just picks me up and makes me realise, like, that I'm, I'm good. And I just, yeah, it's <laughs> not always my fault. Like, I'm pretty hard on myself sometimes, but. Yeah, I think just getting the support from people around you mm-hmm. makes you realize it's okay. <laughs> and do you put a limit on, on how much football you talk about at, at home, like after a match? Or is there like, do you guys have any rules in terms of that, especially now that he's coaching you? Do you do you say, okay, we can talk about it for this long or anything? Or is it just kind of understood that you'll talk about it when it comes up and, and other than that, you'll be all right? Yeah, well, we're not too bad with it, really. Like, I feel like, the car is pretty much our like debrief area, like on the way back from the game or training. We'll talk about the stuff in the car, and then it doesn't really get brought up much at home because like there's so much going on. Any like he's got his football as well, and then there's my work, his work, and then we're like our gym buddies as well. So yeah, um, yeah, I feel like it is quite easy to get the balance. It hasn't like it's not like a twenty four seven topic. <laughs> I feel like the car 
the car is maybe the limit. <laughs> good, good. So we have a, a couple of, of questions that came in from one of the patrons that we have a, a Patreon account for the, the show that people support the show and they get generally get priority for answering, uh, having their questions answered. Um, okay. But we've talked a couple of, about a couple of them. It says, what's, what's been the most challenging part of this season? Uh, I don't know if we addressed that one specifically, but do you have anything that comes to mind? Um, well, yeah, we, um, we went away uh, to play Cheltenham and because Kenshin were like the other, like, of, biggest rivals we thought like pushing they're pushing for promotion as well unbeaten so went to Cheltenham and um yeah the game just did not go the way we wanted to we were trying to stick to our philosophy playing out the back and not to make excuses but the pitch was dire and we're trying to play short and we just couldn't even get it out of our half because it would just be bobbling and going out everywhere but we stuck to it and it just didn't work for us and unfortunately they scored in like the last five minutes, so we lost 1-0, and that was not a game we were expecting to lose at all. So that's why it was so important when we went to pension. We had to win that game, otherwise that was pretty much our season over. So right. when we won that, it was like the best moment so far um, this season, 100%. But yeah, that was definitely the lowest losing to Cheltenham when we were not expecting it. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, um, thanks to Dave Lee for sending that question in. And... Um... Thank you, Izzy, for, for joining me. And I know I've kind of taken up every moment of your time and I apologize for that, but I, I do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've enjoyed this. I hope it's been okay. I know I, I asked some, I don't know, maybe more serious questions than normal, but uh, it, <laughs> That's fine. okay. Okay. It seemed, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Maybe it's, uh, I, I was, we were talking, I was talking to some of the, the, the kids in my class yesterday about, about stuff and maybe, maybe that's just on my mind now. So anyway. Yeah, maybe like you relate to it as a father with Yeah, for sure. There's a there's a there's definitely a big part of that and it's um yeah, that's that's hundred percent there. So hopefully it's not too yeah. mu- hopefully it's not too out of context for everybody else. Hopefully it's it's a, it's good. But um thank you. And um yeah, uh I I look forward to hopefully doing this again and maybe uh like you mentioned getting your, your boyfriend on the show and talking to him about stuff because I think that would be interesting. Yeah, get him and Elliot on that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so well, once again, Izzy, thank you so much. And, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. So we'd like to welcome to the Southampton delivery podcast, a very special guest. Matt Newhausen is fresh off a plane from being in England and attending the latest match we've had the Southampton against Everton. And, uh, basically Matt, welcome. And we're just here to talk about the trip a little bit. Thanks, Matt. Uh, Happy to be on, and uh, yeah, excited to talk about uh, yeah my trip over uh, to, to Southampton in the UK. Now, was that your first trip over to the UK, period, at all? It was not my first trip over to the UK. Actually, went over there last season. A friend of mine invited me, and I went out to a, uh, we saw Manchester United and uh, the place Stoke City Ooh. last year. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Was Mark Hughes still in charge of Stoke City at that time? Believe it or not, it was his first game, at, uh, the first game after he'd been sacked. Yeah, I'm 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 glad you didn't have to witness that because I, I I saw plenty of them at uh, at West Ham. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a managerless Stoke, and um, was actually probably one of the more brighter Mourinho performances at United. Yeah, yeah. Well, did you get to go? Did you get to go to Old Trafford? Then is that where it was at, or did you have to go to Stoke? Because that would have been terrible. No, I got to go to Old Trafford. All right, all right. That, see, that's there's there's a, there's a positive there. Um, and I guess it gives you something to compare Southampton Stadium to, you know. Um, 
but but yeah so you've been kind of all over then the, the uk then uh, north and south and and then even into london a little bit but um yeah i mean this I, I guess was your first time actually going down to the stadium and getting to see the team that you've been supporting for a while but you know when did you start supporting saints and and how did you come to uh find them and select them as as the team yeah so it definitely was a I'll say it's a gradual process, but was uh, supporting the team for about six years. Started around 2013. Um, started managing them on FIFA 13, oddly enough. Um, <laughs> I definitely enjoy FIFA. Um, definitely wanted to get more into the Premier League, though. That was one of the leagues that I hadn't really followed prior to 2013. Knew a lot of the top six teams just, you know, from notoriety, like, you know, Manchester United, Arsenal, a lot of my friends supported those teams. Um, but yeah, I managed Southampton in FIFA. I liked a lot of the players. They, you know, developed really quickly. You know, Luke Shaw was awesome. And I, uh, James Ward-Prowse, uh, you know, they were great. And it was around the same time that NBC picked up the Premier League uh, broadcast rights. Uh-huh. So I was, it, it was cool because I was able to then watch them you know, in their games, you know, with, with Pochettino and it was, you know, exceptionally cool to see them, you know, hold their own against those big teams, like those teams that I had only known about, you know, just because of their popularity. Yeah. You know, here I saw this team. (laughs) Yeah. They were more of an underdog team and they were holding their own and, um, kind of just, it went, grew from there. Um, then, you know, right after Pochettino, Komen came in and, Coleman had a very exciting style, and I think it would be almost impossible not to root for a uh, you know a Ronald Coleman team when he was with uh, Southampton there, and grew to become an obsession of mine. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. You know, kind of what drew me to the team is is not only the academy system, but also the the style of play. And I don't know, I'm I, I like counterattacking kind of fast. I don't mind if other teams are are. Uh, controlling the ball and things like that. I want to see, I want to see things happen quickly. I want to score in the, in, a, in kind of the blink of an eye. And that was what that Kuman team seemed, seemed to do for me. And that was, that was, you know, even though I was watching the premier league a little bit um, with my friend, my, my Arsenal friend, um, it was, it was nice when I really started. Uh, I, I guess when I chose the team, it was, it was Kuman's first year. And that was just, that was, I, I was in love. So it's been, it's been great. Um, yeah, so I mean, so let's let's dive into your trip a little bit. Um, you fly, I mean, from you from from Florida to London. What is that? It's a five and a half, six and a half hour flight. Yeah, it, we uh, had a stopover in in Reykjavik. Um, okay. So it's about six hours there, six seven hours there, and that's another three hours over to London from there. Okay. Dang, that's like because from here, <laughs> if you go. Well, man, because you had to go, you covered a lot of ground then because you are way down in, in Florida. And yes. from us, like we kind of flew up over into Canada, like kind of over the Great Lakes into Canada and then oh, kind of just south of Iceland and then directly into into England. And I want to say our flight was like 11 hours. And so, okay, man, if you could have gotten a direct flight, you could have cut a <laughs> time out. But it's all right. Oh, yeah. It's all right. You got you to do what the, uh, the pocketbook says sometimes. Oh, yeah. It was a great rate. So uh, it was like I booked the flight and then we figured everything else out. We just made yep. sure that it correlated with a game. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You did. You didn't get to go to a game. You didn't get to go to see Southampton Everton. And, and you have kind of a, a unique story. I don't know how much you want to share about 
about how it all worked out. But um, I mean, you had a pretty good experience. You saw a good game. You saw a win, which is which is always good. And and just I guess having supported the team for so long, like what were your feelings when you were finally you know getting getting into Southampton for the first time the the night before, and then as you're kind of getting up on match day and and what that experience was like. Yeah, no, I definitely. And for a long time, I've known I've been going to this game, and I don't think it really started to dawn on me until I got on the coach in London that I always, you know, was heading down to this city that I've only known about through social media and you know through other media, like other media, like on TV. And it was definitely remarkable for me. Um, and then to get to the city, I remember it was just this really excited feeling because I finally saw like the tower of the FC city museum. Uh-huh. Cause I've, I've seen that on, you know, on Twitter and in social media and it was like, okay, well now I'm here and um, yeah. And just, you know, rolling up to St. Mary's on Saturday was just, I don't know. I can't really describe it. It was, it was pure joy. <laughs> yeah. I can relate a little bit. And I saw the England women's national team play at the stadium, but just like, the way we approached the stadium, and I don't know where you stayed in the city or how, like, your what your first glimpse of this of the of the stadium was like, but we were coming from kind of the backside, and and we were walking in a huge group of people, and we turned a corner, and I felt really bad because we turned a corner, and an old man walked directly into a pool because he was looking down at his phone. Um, oh no! <laughs> and so, like, I turned around, and we we're kind of like, oh, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" He's like, yeah, I'm fine. And so the, at that point, right when I turned around after that, I saw like, you can just see part of the, you know, the part of the roof that like kind of sticks up and out, you know, um, yeah. kind of the support, I guess. And that's the first thing I saw. And I was like, there's a stadium. And like, people are looking around like, shut up. Who cares? Like, <laughs> I care. It's the first time I've ever seen it, dude. Like, leave me alone. But it's, uh, and, and we did a bunch of other stuff that day. And the only thing I wanted to do was like, I just want to go to the game. I just want to go to the game. And so like, I can, I can relate to to the, to the feelings you get. And it's, I mean, it's such, it's an awesome experience, right? Just walking in and it is. getting through the, the turnstile and, you know, just, I just wanted to run up the steps and see the pitch basically. Yeah. I'll say it was really cool. I don't really know if there's a name for it or, or where it is. Um, kind of, we knew where the direction of the stadium was and we kind of just stumbled upon it, but they have this, it's sort of like a covered walkway and the, in the walkway, there's like murals of like the team's history. Uh-huh, like uh-huh. if you walk through it, there's like the crest and then they've got, you know, a, a plastered image of Gareth Bale when he played there. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the European qualification and they've got like Malatissier and it's just like these covered walls and this, just this covered bridge. And that was like how I knew I was close and then got to the end of that. And there, and like, there it was, yeah. <laughs> there was a stadium. So it was, it was almost like all of those uh, images were welcoming me to the uh, to the field. Yeah, I, I do. I know what you're talking about. I mean, that's I think we took a bunch of pictures in there while we were in there. But it's a uh, it's pretty it's a pretty awesome thing. And, you know, I think people maybe people listening who go every week will be like, ah, you know, whatever. But it's uh, something we you know may only get to see once or twice, you know, if we're lucky. And some some people, some fans will never be able to see it or maybe never see it again, which is, is another thing. But um, I mean once you're inside the stadium and, and you had some, some ticket, uh, I mean, you had some good luck with your tickets, I guess you, you wound up, I mean, do you want to say where you wound up and sitting or, or. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Um, you ended up in uh, hospitality for the game, um, <laughs> which was really cool. The, uh, and prior to the match, I was actually contacted by 
uh, Trevor from the uh, Aussie Saints Twitter page, and he let me know that the club was trying to get in touch with me. Now, before that, I you know made a tweet that you know, my girlfriend had bought tickets for me for my birthday, and that we were coming over for the match, and the club found out about that and um, was able to get in touch with the club, and they uh, thought it was really impressive that we were coming all the way from Florida and wanted to uh, upgrade us for the match. So uh, we were able to enjoy some, you know, pre-match, uh, you know, activities in the uh, Saints bar, um, <laughs> which was cool. <laughs> um, we had food for us and, uh, you know, it had a couple of former players in there, which was, which was great. They talked about, you know, their time playing for the club and, um, and then they got, actually got to go out and uh, had some really, really great seats on the uh, Hitchin stand. Oh, that's awesome. It's um, awesome. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's, I, th- it's, I think it's awesome that the club did that. I think it, um, I don't know. I think it shows that they are, they are listening. I mean, they, they picked up on the tweet through, uh, through social media and they either, I know they responded to it and, and Trevor, uh, we should give him, he's never been on the show, but he is definitely whenever he interacts with the account, my account at all, it, uh, the show does a lot better. And so, Trevor is definitely a, a big help uh, in that. And he's done a lot of things. He's been a lot of places and connected a lot of Saints fans. And so I think it's, it's nice that he was uh, able to help you out there. Yeah. Very, very grateful to him. If, if, if it wasn't um, for his message, I wouldn't have known what the club were trying to, uh, to get in touch with me and um, really made the experience special. Yeah. Now, I mean, watching the game, watching the match, I mean, big difference between 10 a.m. at your house, right? And then sure. 3 p.m. Yeah. in Southampton. But what, I mean, what, what was the biggest thing? What was the biggest difference uh, that you notice as you're, as you're watching the match? You know, being there, you have a different vision for the game when you're, you know, there in person. And I know that from when I you know, played in high school and, you know, attended games here, it's, it's different. But, you know, you know, having supported this club and, you know, getting to see all these players that, I've only seen on TV, you know, I've never seen any Southampton player play in person before, you know, this match, it was, uh, definitely something, um, you know, special just to see these guys, like, you know, especially James Ward Prowse and, um, I've been following him since like the beginning and to see him in, in person. And then only that was score a goal was, yeah. was, was so great. I mean, was your girlfriend like half half as excited as you were, or was she just like watching you kind of fanboy it up and and uh, and do that? Because my wife was one hundred percent making fun of me the entire time we were there. <laughs> no, she was. Um, you know, she was really great. Like, she was really excited that I was excited, and I think that brought her, you know, a lot of joy too. And she really enjoyed it because. Um, you know, I, I don't remember it, but she said that I like kind of teared up when I came out and saw the pitch for the first time. Like, I won't, <laughs> I, I don't remember that, but she said I did. Yeah. Well, if she said you just, just go with it. It's fine. Like it's, a, <laughs> you know, and, and when you, <laughs> when you have grandkids sitting on your knees at some point, like, you know, sitting on your lap and you start telling the story, like you got to force that tear, just one tear. The first time I saw the Southampton pitch, like this is what happened. Cause it's, I mean, it's. I don't know. I think it's something truly special. I think it's awesome that you had a great time. And I think it's awesome that, that the club kind of helped you, helped you have a great time. And, and I'm sure the people that were around and, and everything, I'm, I'm sure they were great as well. Oh yeah. Everybody was really fantastic. Um, and that's such another great thing about, you know, supporting Southampton is that the fan base is so, so welcoming and inclusive and, you know, 
you never know what you're going to get if you know you're supporting a team from you know you know an ocean away. But uh, everybody I met was just thrilled that you know I made the trip from America to come to the game. And, yeah, um, was really happy to be there. Yeah, sometimes it's difficult to gauge that from Twitter. You know, like are are people going to be happy that I'm here, and or are they going to? Is there going to be some sort of backlash? And it turns out like you know, 99% of the people in real life are nice. And, and everybody that I ran into at the, at the, at the match, nobody was like, you know, get like, you don't belong here. Everybody was, was great. And so I'm glad that you had kind of the same experience. And one of the things that I remember going to the match was I met Freddie from the ugly inside beforehand because everybody had to come through Waterloo station, which was near, um, everybody had to take the train up to Waterloo station and then take the tube, uh, out to towards West Ham. And all the Saints fans had to do it. So like, he's like, let's go up to the bar. Like, we'll, we'll get a drink before we go and we'll watch some of the match that's on the, the lunchtime kickoff. And, you know, here are all these, these people that I know from Twitter kind of walking up and, and walking in and it's kind of like, Hey, you know, they talk everybody says hi to Freddie cause everybody knows him. And then it like, you can see the people start to make the connection. Like, Hey, I know you like, you know, what's, what's going on. And it's like, Oh, this is, this thing, you know, this is, like that was as exciting as going to the match for me. Just like getting to, to meet the people that I only ever get to talk to on social media. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really cool feeling. And I think, you know, I, I wish I was able to meet more people that I knew through Twitter, um, you know, just to put a name to the face. Um, I write currently for talk saints. Uh, I was hoping, you know, to meet up with a few of those guys. It didn't work out. Unfortunately, I know a couple of them missed the match and then it just, it's hard to, to keep in touch through, you know, text when you know you don't have a data plan overseas so yeah, yeah. It, it was just it was hard to work out something to, to meet up but um i'm hoping like next next visit or something i'll actually get to meet some of the people from twitter well if it makes you feel any better there were a couple of guys that were in my group chat that we had plans we were up there a bunch of them were at the game and some of them were over from america even and they were all there and the game was just so bad that everybody just like left, like after the, like nobody wanted to meet up. So I didn't meet a single person from this group chat. And we had like, you know, there were six of us, I think there at the, at the match and none of us saw each other. And I was like, this is, that's pathetic. We can't let that happen again. And so we, everybody's just like, no, you trust me. You didn't want to talk to us after the game. We were all just upset. So next time, oh. next time we'll, uh, we'll make it happen. So it's, yes. uh, yeah. And it's, I, I mean, I assume at some point you're looking to go back. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's just like, it was such a great feeling to be there. And, you know, it was, I've been waiting for, for so long and it was almost like after it all finished, it was, you know, you're at such a high point and you're like, oh, well now it's over. So it's like, you gotta make sure I, you know, get back to this somehow. Yeah. I mean, I still, it's something I, I talk about all the time. I talk about going, going over there and just, being at the match and I, I, I took a recorder in, so I have some audio of just, just people in the stands as, as the match is going on. And it's, uh, it's, it sounds stupid maybe, but it's stuff that I listen to every once in a while, just cause it, you know, it just reminds me of being there. And I think it's great. Yeah. I have, I have like one of my Snapchats. That's a really good, uh, I guess, audio bit of the, uh, you know, the saints go marching in chant. Mm-hmm. I definitely listened to that a couple of times after the match just to you know, take it back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess just kind of to, to wrap it up, if, if you had to give a, a travel tip to anybody who's going over there from America, what would you, what would you, what would you say was something you learned that you, uh, that maybe would help somebody out if they were to go for the first time? Oh, definitely, definitely take coach over to, uh, to Southampton. Um, I actually got, um, 
I heard that like a lot of the trains can get backed up over there uh-huh. and um, went through a site uh, to book my coach tickets and the, it was so cheap and it takes about the same amount of time as it does by train. Um, but it gets you there at a set time and um, for about the price it is to take a one way tr- train trip down there, it, it's a round trip coach trip. So you can't beat that. And no. I know we, we put four people on a train uh, down, down and back. And I was like, oh, this is like, I might as well just buy a ticket back home, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but that's what, uh, that's what people have to deal with every week. It seems like, so it's a, it's a fair play to everybody who does all the traveling. Cause it's not, you know, you think of, of, uh, of guys like Dan James who haven't missed a match. And I think it's almost three, it's definitely over 200 at this point. Um, wow. And it's like, man, that's, that's a ton. So, it's, it's crazy, but, um, yeah, we should mention again that you, you do write for talk saints or contribute to talk saints. So if, uh, you know, yes. we'll put the link in the show notes for anybody who wants to check it out. And, uh, I'd love to have you on for, for, a, you know, a full on episode, but I want at some point, but I wanted to make sure we got this, this chat in because it, uh, I want to talk about the trip because I think it's, it's one of those things that, that maybe some American fans or, or fans in other places around the world might, uh, might hear and, and think this is, you know, maybe it is, it is worth the, the the socking the money away to to find a a flight and just you know get lucky with the with the price and get over there definitely and I'll I'll definitely add one more thing too for you know other American supporters or anybody else who's traveling from outside the UK um, it's a really great opportunity after the match to to you know meet the players because um, they park in a, in a lot next to the stadium and they uh, usually set it up so that you know fans can meet them after the game and I was able to meet the whole squad. Oh, sweet. Uh, you know, after that game, there was a couple I didn't see, like, but for the most part, pretty much the entire squad came out and were more than happy to meet people and sign for them and uh, let pretty much everyone I met know that I was from the U.S. And they were all like, oh, wow, that's, that's so great. You came over for the match. And even uh, Shane Long was like, well, I have to get you to more games now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's good for him. I am glad he yeah. made it. I mean, <laughs> having seen all of the, like, was there anybody that was just shockingly different in person than, than you imagined them to be? Um, you know, it was actually really cool to meet, uh, to meet Danny Ings. Um, cause I've heard just from, you know, talking to people, he's, he's one of the more like harder ones to meet. So kind of, you already get that outside impression. He might not be as, as friendly or not that, but it wasn't the case at all. He was super cool. And, um, you know, taking pictures and signing for people outside. The, he was in the front of the stadium, so I actually had to to move pretty quickly when someone mentioned that he was there. Okay. But um, yeah, he he was he was great, and uh, I was very excited to be him. I feel a little bit bad. I'm looking. I have I have some cards up here that somebody sent me with some player signatures on them, and I have uh I have Hughes who's gone, Tadich who's gone, Stuart Taylor who's gone, and Cedric. Uh, the only the only remaining oh. card, the only remaining card is a uh, Redmond, and I'm like I think I should just take it down before he leaves. <laughs> but I'm yeah. I'm glad you got to meet everybody. I'm glad everybody was. Dude, I'm just glad you had a good time. I'm glad everybody was nice. I think it's I think it's great. Yeah, they were they were all really really awesome, and um, I know just from like attending games for various sports in the U.S., it's like you don't know if you're gonna have that access. Yeah. So it was like for me, it was almost really surprising, um, and like it wasn't even a huge crowd there at the end of the game, and I maybe it's just a consequence of uh, you know people being there you know every, every game, so <laughs> you know it's not something they're you know looking to do after the match, but uh, 
was really glad that that opportunity was there because you know, I was able to even meet James Ward Prowse and say, you know, it was a great goal. <laughs> yeah. And it, I mean, and you're right. It, it is a lot different than a lot of, uh, than a lot of sports in the United States where you just don't even, even, even MLS matches or USL matches the, the you just don't have the access to the players generally that, uh, that a lot of premier league uh, fans seem to have to, to theirs. And it's just, it's a, it's, I don't know what it is, but it's definitely, it's definitely different. It's hard to even kind of put into even think about when, it, when you try to explain to somebody who hasn't kind of experienced it, I think. Yeah, it really is. Um, uh, I've been to a couple of the Orlando city matches and, um, you know, back when Cook, they had Kaka playing there, he was, it was almost untouchable. <laughs> you know, he, he'd go in and out and he'd have, uh, you know, escorts around him. Uh, maybe just maybe more the nature of the type of player he, you know, he was, but you know, it's, it, it's a lot harder, I think to, to be able to meet, you know, those, those, those guys. And, uh, was really, uh, present pleasantly surprised, uh, to be able to meet all these guys from Southampton. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But all right. Well, uh, Matt, thank you so much. I know you've, uh, you had to come back and go straight to work and you've come straight <laughs> off work and you're yes. talking to me. So I appreciate it very much. I know, How's the jet lag treating you? You all right? Oh yeah, yeah, doing great. Um, I'm sure I'll be, uh, you know, 100 here in the next couple of days. All right, all right. We'll uh, we'll stay in touch and we'll make the we'll we'll do this after a, a match a little later on in the season. We'll just uh, we'll do the whole thing. It'll be great. I mean, I think uh, you know, just thanks for doing this. Thanks for uh, for taking some time and and congratulations on on the trip and uh, make sure. You know, don't don't forget your girlfriend's birthday after what she did for you. You know. <laughs> yes, and <laughs> no, I'll definitely have to do something special. Yeah, for absolutely. That. All right, Matt. Well, uh, thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, I appreciate having me. Uh, keep doing all the good work you're doing, and I uh, look forward to the next time. does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Izzy Foster. You can find her on Twitter at IzzyFoster93. Special thanks to NATS, or NATS, as I believe it is called, for uh, making some donations to the club uh, so that they can have jackets and things to keep them warm because apparently it is cold in England in the winter. Who knew? If you're interested in supporting any part of the Southampton Women's Football Club, you can do that. Uh, check out the link in the show notes to the website, get in contact with their secretary, and uh, set it all up. I am proud to say that I am a sponsor of a former coach, and so my sponsorship goes to the club, and I am proud to continue that, and I will continue to do that um, as long as my wife will let me. Part of the reason I'm able to do that is because of the Patreon support that I receive on this show people over at patreon.com forward slash sfc delivery donate a small amount of money each month in return they get a little bit extra but i get the peace of mind of knowing the cost of running the show won't be as high so if you are interested in getting maybe just a little bit extra and you like to support the show you can do that at patreon.com forward slash sfc delivery but please 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 realize that is not a mandatory thing matt newhausen also i'd like to thank you for being on the show this week you have been great We'll talk to you soon. And if you haven't checked out Talk Saints yet, they just got a new website up and running not too long ago. Go do that. The links are in the show notes. This show would not be possible without Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram, who did the logo for the show. And it sure as heck wouldn't happen without the Southampton page, which is where you can go to get all of your Saints FC news and needs on Twitter, Instagram, 
and Facebook. If you are enjoying the show and you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, leave a review or tell a friend. It all helps spread the word about the show. All music in this episode comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. And the end of show credits that you're listening to right now is Aim is True by Pottington Bear. And that does it for this week. We'll talk to you next time. And until then, remember that together, we march on. <laughs>